0: Put your hands together and welcome your very own Dunstable Town Podcast!
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Talk of the Town podcast. Yes, we are back with another episode. I am your host, Andy Burrows, a very croaky host today. I must admit, I do believe I have tonsillitis, but, hey, doesn't stop us putting out uh, our content today. Uh, I am joined by Dunstable Town legend and all-round good guy, Mr Neil Barker today. Neil, how are you, my friend?
0: Uh, yeah, Andy, I'm fine. That's, that's a rather embarrassing... Introduction. I, I, what I was going to say to you, I, you've been so nice. So what I was going to say was, uh, you've obviously got through your A list celebrities and now you're down to your <laughs> Z list. Uh, but, but no, um, yeah, I'm doing well, well, Andy, you know, considering yesterday's result. But uh, yeah. we, we're yeah. back, don't we, mate?
1: Ah, oh, we do, mate, we do. We're here to, you know, we're just not here. People always ask me, oh, are you doing a podcast today, Andy? I'm like, well, of course I am. We're not here just when we win. Um, Obviously, yesterday's game, Neil, you and I were at, as always. And just a quick shout out to all the guys and girls that walked uh, to the game yesterday. I was fortunate enough to join the regiment and Dino and Pete and Joe and everyone else. And, uh, Brad, Scotty, uh, all the guys. Uh, and Luna, the dog, was even there with us as well. So it was uh, it was good to walk to the game uh, yesterday. So just a quick shout out. To them guys before I forget it was a pleasure to do a another sponsored walk with them. But uh Neil, obviously uh yesterday it was uh Tring Athletic One Dunstable Town. Neil, we went down to a pretty much last kick of the game goal. Uh you and I chat all the time pretty much about football after a game, and you're one of the people that I enjoy hearing what they say about games. And you know, football is a varied game of opinions. So before we dissect the game in great
0: greater detail, what were your initial thoughts at the full time whistle yesterday? Well, Andy, obviously disappointment. I think when you go down to a last kick, uh, kick of the game goal, um, it was a mistake. Um, to be fair to the young lad who had come on, he, he he finished it well. Um, but that's your abiding memory, isn't it, of the game? Um, you know, it's difficult to be uh, sort of dispassionate and analytical when you you've lost in the last minute. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a kick. But to, you know, to be honest with you, we've done the same this season. Um, you know, late goal against Enfield, uh, late late goal at Colney Heath, and um,
1: late goal yeah. against Tring in the cup.
0: Yeah, absolutely, late goal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, very much so. And and you don't begrudge. I don't begrudge Tring the celebration okay. at the end of it, but fair play. You know, uh, there wasn't anything in the game, in my opinion. It wasn't the best of games. I thought it was going to. Uh, I thought it, it would be decided by a goal, but as, as time went on, it it had nil nil written all over it. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, it was. Uh, I don't know about you, anyway. I just thought there weren't too many clear cut chances. I, I recall one for ourselves from a corner, and I think uh, Danny got across the got the defense, got across the defence got a got a shot in, and and goalie goalie pushed it away. But we really, in terms of uh, opportunities, we didn't really create too many. I think we kept tring at arm's length, and um, so am I disappointed? Yes. Um, were we robbed? No. Um, You know, you have to take these results and I'll say that through gritted teeth, but uh, um, I I think nil-nil would have probably been a fair result. But if we'd been one nil, would we would be we'd be celebrating a little bit more and we'd be a bit more upmarket and and perhaps we wouldn't be analysing some of the things that uh, weren't so good?
1: Yeah, no, most definitely, Neil. I mean, um, well, a question I put to Joe after the game, and it's gone over my mind since the game, the only thing that slightly concerned me. I'm interested to get your views. We went again with the the three up top, albeit we had you know you had Faulkner out uh, out wide, and pretty much the same uh, three Baviera, Manny that uh, started the Enfield game, and was it a bit? And I said to Joe after the game, it was a bit worrying the lack of chances that we can create for these guys. You know, you've got you've got your faulties, you you've got Weber, you've got the, Obviously, the, uh, the yeah. new guy that's just come in from uh, Burkhamsted Town up front. Here. You've got Joe Sellers West in midfield. You've got very attack minding, thinking players there. Was it why was it concerning for you that we didn't like you say, we didn't create. Many chances. I can remember that. I'm like you, that one that was cleared off the line by the, the Tring player. Great defending from them. You know, yeah. uh, I think it was Webby that got in front of him and it was, a, it was a good effort. But was it a bit worrying for you that with all that attacking threat on the field that we didn't create a few more chances for the boys up top?
0: Yes, I think it was. I mean, I could understand why Joe had gone with the th- uh, three up front. And part of that, um, not in a de- defensive sense, but really, if you think about Tring, they play out from the back.
2: Mm-hmm. So if
0: you've got three guys closing them down uh, and putting on some pressure. I mean, that's certainly something they worked on in training on Thursday. Um, I could understand why that was going to happen. So in some ways, uh, you, know, you build into the game by stopping their flow. Uh, and so there, were, there was some real logic I- I- in doing that. Um, so let's let's just say that actually that that that's a that's a decent tactic. You know, you play three three up front. They're also doing some defensive work, but also they're ready to you know to pounce on mistakes and and get in behind and everything else like that. Having said all of that, Andy, you're absolutely right, mate. Because we didn't create chances. I thought we. I don't think we were passive. I don't think it was a lack of uh, effort or anything else like that. Um, but I'd like to see us a little bit more on the front foot. Um, I thought we bypassed a little bit the the midfield in the first half we um, got the midfield onto, onto the ball a little bit in the second half and, and actually take a few few more risks than we did, you know, certainly in the last third. Um, and we're, we're able to do that. But I, I think, you know, just reflecting on the game and also talking to a couple of guys after the game, um, you know, I think we could have been a bit more on the front foot. Um mm-hmm. And um, you know you have to take your hat off to Tring. I mean, they got a couple of young lads at the back. I thought played tremendously well.
1: Oh, that number fifteen at the back was incredible. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I, yeah. We, I didn't know I was standing next to his parents. I did they They turned to me. They heard our comments and they were like, "Oh, thanks for your nice comments about our son." I said, "Oh, I didn't know you were his parents, but he apparently he was only seventeen years old, and wow, well, he played like he had been playing for the last ten years." So yeah, like you say, full credit to Tring.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, very mature. So, you know, there was two two game, uh, two game teams in a game and uh, you, know, you have to take your house. But I I just, you know, given, you know, the amount of attacking ability we had on the field and you you got uh, Joe Sellers-West a little bit deeper as well. We, we've got goals in the team and actually we didn't look like scoring. Um, you know, if I knew exactly why the reason why that was, you know, I'd be mm. the manager. Uh, and, you've, um, done, you've done you
1: all the other jobs, Neil. You manages the uh, only one left, no,
0: right? Yeah, I, I know my limits, mate. I tell you, <laughs> um, so it, it wouldn't you know, you know you don't want to put me in that position. <laughs> but um, no, not easy to, to 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 describe why. I thought you know perhaps we lacked a little bit of uh, uh, inventiveness, a bit of cuteness, um, and actually sometimes uh, playing with a little less fear. Um, I, you know, that's a strange thing to say about our team. But I mean, you know, there's a heck of a lot of competition places and uh, which is fantastic uh, and, and most of our lads are, are up for that but you don't want to make mistakes do you because mm. you know um there's guys knocking on the door uh, anyway i'm not entirely sure andy but i think i share share your a little bit of frustration as a as a you know a spectator yesterday given uh, what we had up um on, on the field I, I would have expected us to make uh, make more chances and um so I, I, and i'm sure you know joe's you know, as he's dissecting the uh, the video of the game today, he'll be he'll be reflecting on that on that as well. Um, we've we've got some good attacking players. We've added to that firepower. You know, with, with with Danny and James, and uh, possibly Andy. A couple of those left are quite you new. Know, it's Danny's third game, James mm. first start. He only got a couple of minutes really against Enfield, uh, and a slightly different system. You know, you you've got a. Uh, you know Kyle out wide. Um, you know we've seen you know, a lot of him uh, down the middle. So possibly a little bit of working out how those guys are going to work together and and play together. Um, it's a bobbly pitch, but same for both teams. But uh, yeah, I've not really answered your question, but I, yeah, I would have liked to have seen us a little uh, uh, a little bit more forthright and a a little bit on more on the front foot. If I was honest?
2: Yeah,
1: I mean we've done it in. If you go back to the Enfield game second half, I mean first half we you know we we tried to contain Enfield because obviously, you know, we had heard about their reputation and they were coming in but in the second half against Enfield, which is maybe what I'd like to have seen us to do a little bit yesterday. And and you are right. I mean, the pitch is the same for both sides. So maybe it's not as easy to do things away from home as it is at Creasy Park. But um, maybe being a little bit more braver on the ball, like we were second half against Enfield. I thought we took some risks, but they were calculated risks. You know, we put our foot <laughs> on the ball in midfield and we were looking for them balls in behind. Admittedly, yet yeah, that was probably going to be hard to. To do to uh yesterday against Tring. But when you've got people like Harry Beaumont in the center midfield, you, you had Luke, you had um Joe Sellers-West, who are all very good and comfortable on the ball. That's the only, it's probably not a criticism, but it's just something that I might like to have seen a little bit more. I mean, I was standing next to um Alfie and uh Carl Davison, and even they at times were saying, look, we seem to just be rushing it a little bit from yeah. back to front and kind of bypassing like Harry, Joe and Luke and all them guys in the midfield. So it wasn't as easy for them to get on the ball because what they were doing was the ball was going into channels for, you know, for like Webby and Faulkner in the first half. And how Harry and all them guys in the midfield were having to feed off the scraps on the second ball. And what was happening is, because we did only have the three in the midfield, in my opinion, if we didn't win them second balls, then them guys were kind of caught out of position A little bit and you know, against Enfield we didn't seem to do that. We were a bit more bit more relaxed on the ball. I mean, you know, obviously certain conditions taper to, you know, certain matches and you know, Trings and it is the same to for like I said, for both sides, you know, fair play Mm -hmm. to Tring for playing the way they did. But I just thought we were kind of a little bit rushed at times and yes, we controlled a lot of the ball at periods. But we didn't really do much with it. You know, I saw in the first half, poor old Danny Webb was playing more at left back with Tolu than he was going forward. So when we we did eventually get the ball, poor old Webby was out of position, which meant other players had to kind of slot in for him. And, you know, that's not Webby's fault because he was doing a defensive job. So it is about getting the right fit and the right formation, wouldn't you say, Neil?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Andy. I think you summed that up very well. I, d- I do think that is uh, that's the case. And I think when you've got one or two new lads coming into the squad, and they, you know, you you can see the quality. It does take a little bit of time. And uh, we've we've stopped and started a little bit over the last couple of weeks. It's not been our af- uh, best in terms of results. And uh, some of the performances have been very very good, and others have been. Have been disappointing. So it, it does feel a little bit transitional in that way. Your point about um, not getting the midfield into play, you, you know, sometimes you can't knock your forwards if they're not getting any of the service. Mm-hmm. And if, you, you know, if the service is coming long, and um, sometimes that can work. You know, when you've got good runners and you've got uh, quick players, you know, that works very, very well. But for example, you've got someone like Tolo, who's, you know, for, for obvious reasons, have had to fit in at left back. He, he's not bombed on so far. So sometimes that long ball behind the fullback um isn't so effective you know because mm-hmm. he's he's starting from a deeper position i thought the second half he got forward more and uh, actually yeah. by adding uh, a little bit of uh, uh, strength in midfield we went 442 um i thought we got on the ball a little bit more having said all of that we you know we really didn't give the goalie too much to do did we
1: no, not really, mate, not really. And is it just to finish it up on yesterday's game, Neil, is it a case of being patient to in, embedding these new players in? Like you say, we've got, you know, you've got Webby, um, is it uh, Luke from uh, Burkham, James from uh, Burko. Uh, we've got Robbie Goodman now coming in, a guy who I know really well. He's a, he's a tremendous, tremendous centre-half. He really is a good player. Is it a case of we sit here in November coming into December, just giving these guys a little bit of time to embed into the way that Joe and Dirks and everyone else wants them to play?
0: Yeah, I think it is. It is giving time. The problem we've got at the moment, though, um, Andy, isn't it? We've sort of got ourselves ensconced in, in, in the FA Vase, which is fantastic. Had a decent run in the FA Cup and really not uh, got a run of games in the league. Um, so you, 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 we're getting a little bit behind. Um, points in the bag's always better than games in hand. So... There is, it's too early in the season I think Joe's already said, look, teams are beating each other. They would take points out of each other. So, you know, we need to keep ourselves there, there about, uh, there thereabouts. And, uh, yeah, I think you do need to be, um, you know, there, there won't be as good a teams as Tring and, and actually we'll get some, you know, we'll get some results.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, with all due respect to other, some other teams in the league, um, you know, they, they, most of them have proved they can beat each other. But I actually think, you know, uh, yesterday we would have beaten lesser teams. I I I you know I think Tringer are a decent side. Um they brought in some lads yesterday, didn't they, from, from MK Don's under 18. and, yep. and, they, like, and then they like to play football. Um, you know, they're not a pushover. And uh, but so yeah, I think a little bit more time. We haven't got you know, we haven't got all the time in the world. Joe's well aware of that and he wanted to turn that round uh, quite quickly. And you know, fortunately a game comes on Tuesday, you know, weather permitting. And we've got an opportunity to, you know, get three points in the bag. And I think that's really important that we do.
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, you mentioned Tuesday. I think we've got Arsley really at home on Tuesday. I think we play like mm. Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for quite a while now. I mean, how important is it for you and the team that we, you know, we? You know, I interviewed Joe after the game and he was like, look, we, we will get this right come Tuesday night. You know, Joe's one of these people, you know, he'll break down yesterday's game. He'll analyse it and then he'll move on. You know, he's probably already thinking about his team for Tuesday. Like you say, you've got you've got Robbie Goodman, who's uh, just signed from Leighton in town. Um, how important is it for you now, Neil, that, you know, come Tuesday, that we really do start to turn a corner and turn a corner quickly?
0: Yeah, it is important. And it's not just important for me. I mean, Joe, Joe's the one who sets, you know, immensely high standards and he doesn't need me to tell him or you to tell him you know, sure. <laughs> frankly, frankly what, what what's required and he'll be telling himself that his coaching team and, and the players and the players, you know, they're, they're, there's a heck of a lot of self-awareness in that team and um, some bright guys, you know, they understand what's required and if we're going to make an impression this year, which I, I believe we will, uh, then we do need to start getting some some uh, some points, points in the bag. I, yeah, it is important, you know, simple, simple as that uh, I do trust Joe uh, to 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 get it right. He did say there would be bumps. None of us like the bumps on the road. No. You know, no, I have part of being a football a fan. Bump. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was a bump, um, but you, you know, I didn't think we. Uh, I didn't think we played badly. I you know, I couldn't pick out one player and say, well, they had a poor game today. Um, I think collectively as a team, we weren't as effective as I hope we would be.
1: No, yeah, I mean, just like you say, look, you think you've worded it perfectly there, will just, just summing up yesterday's game. You know, was, were we, at our, was it a stop, was it a, was it stop fall when we lost at no, home? No. Uh, four, no, you know, it's just, one of the and I've, I've gone over this so many times in my head and you know I've, I've analysed it more than I probably should. I've just you know I think I tweeted out. I think I care way too much about my team's losing. It <laughs> kind, of, kind of ruins my weekend. But it was just one of them games. Unfortunately, you see in football. I mean, if we had nicked it one nil, we'd all be sitting there going, Do you know what? We defended well. We were stout at the back. You know, yada yada yada. It's fine margins in football. And yesterday, them fine margins didn't fall for us. But like Joe said in his post match, them fine margins will eventually fall for us. You know, patience is a word that. You can't use too much in football, but I think if we are patient and, you know, that's easier said than done, because come Tuesday night, I'll probably be screaming my head up as much as everyone. But we all do that during 90 minutes. I think if we are patient, if we do get let these new lads embed into our team, embed into our system, embed into our way of thinking, you know, that Joe and Dirk's want them to play, then I think we'll be just fine. It is, it is just a case of let's ride this bump in the road. And see where it takes us, Neil. And uh, you are 100% right in what you say, my man. Um, Neil, moving on though, my man. You, like I said at the start of the of the show, um, I've known you for a few years now. From when I used to come and watch Dunstable before I got more involved than I am now. You are you are a man that has had many roles at this club, and you are a club legend, my friend. But you know, trust me, you are when I say that. How did Dunstable Town first come into your life? Um, and how did you get more you know you like you said you, you've been chairman you've been involved in this club for a long long time so how did dunstable how did dunstable find you or how did you find dunstable
0: well sit back um sit back in your chair now and um, <laughs> light- i could do, i could
1: do it, stop talking for a little bit <laughs>
0: yeah, Light up your pipe and i'll tell you I, I mean to be honest mate um i've reflected on this quite a lot and and, and really the first football match I ever went to was at Creasy Park, it's in the late 60s. I know no one can believe I'm that old, but I came in the late 60s. I'm a Luton boy, born and bred. I uh, have been a Luton Town season ticket holder for, for, for many years and uh, proud to be. Um, but m- my dad was like a lot of the men uh, in the town at the time. Um, he worked for Vauxhall um, and he worked at Vauxhall Dunstable. Uh, my dad wasn't a sporty person by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and uh, but he took me along to Creasy Park in the late 60s I think he probably met up with some of his Vauxhall mates, in fact I know he did uh, and we'd go along on a, maybe a Tuesday night, Wait, I think they might have played on Wednesday then uh, it is a very long time ago and on Saturdays and I think my first game was against someone like Wizbeach and um, do, do you know what Andy I can even remember about seven or eight names of the players um, <laughs> from that far back and I wrote them down and I uh, I I could repeat some of them, but I think what that says to me, you know, when you're young, you're impressionable. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that we've got a lot of kids are coming to the game now and some teenagers. Do do you know what? It really does matter. um, The the players that we put out there and the affinity they have with those young supporters. Um, And you know what kids are like, they're like sponges. Uh, And I think as a kid, I was a sponge. Um, I liked going along um it was it was easy to go I don't think the crowds were that big I really can't remember if I'm honest with you I And mean, then notoriously you know Dunstable not really had great crowds uh, over the years one or two exceptions so I went along in the late 60s dad took me um there was players you know there's a guy called Bill Garner up front for Dunstable in that time and he went on to play for Chelsea you know he's wow. a 19 year old mm-hmm. uh, we just got a guy in who's playing up front with him He'd just just been released from Notts County there was a guy at the back called Len Chalmers who was a uh, it played 250, 300 games for Leicester City. It, you know, it had some players in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Southern League was a, a, a good standard at that time. You know, the, the, the depth of the league is is uh, is, is not as, as as much as it is today. Um, so I remember those guys, uh, a, a very local guy called Bernie McGonigal, who used to play for all the clubs around Dunstable, uh, or with a name like that, you don't forget it. So, you know, I got sat, sucked into that, really. But at the same time had a friend across the road who uh, his dad took him to Luton Town and he came over and said, do you want to come to Luton with me? Uh, So my dad had a bit of an out. (laughs) (laughs) I I went with uh, my friend Malcolm's dad. And, 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 you know, so really it was going with him to Luton Town, uh, who were in the fourth division at the time, and then going to Dunstable. So that was a start for me, you know, Um, and uh, now I look back on it. I look back on those times fairly fondly. And, and really, I followed them on and off. You know, to say I've um, been with, you know, watched all Dunstable every season would not be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched them on and off over the years. I mean, I, I do, you know, do remember, you know, 74, 75. I, I must be the only person in Dunstable who didn't go to the George Best game. <laughs> believe it. I, I mean, I've had a pound for everyone who said, oh, oh I went to Dunstable when it was George Best played. You know, I'd be a rich man. Yeah. So I didn't go to that game. But at the same time, they had, um, had a guy up front called Jeff Astle. Now there's a legend for you playing in the same season as George Best. You know, four years ago he was in the England World Cup squad in Mexico, yeah. and you know when you think about it, four years later he's playing for Dunsport Town. He scored thirty odd goals that season. Yeah. Um, sadly, he's no longer with us. You know, they, you know, probably related to heading heading injuries. But you know, it, 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 well, there were some good players around, and you know Dunsport brought in some good players. So I, I watched a little bit around there uh, late seventies. Um, Kerry Dixon was there um up front uh, as a young lad with a guy called Stuart Atkins. They were a fantastic four. I mean, Stuart was more mature. You know, largely our guest taught taught Kerry the ropes. So I enjoyed watching them at that time. um So over the years, uh, you know, between not being at Luton, i, I I've, I've come to Dunstable, and I guess you know you don't need it, my whole history, but you know, coming more recently, I. When when the team uh, was unbeaten in the the Invincibles, you know, about ten years ago, I saw a lot of games that season, and I started to go away. And I did not really know anyone else, you know. I think um, you know, often we used to stand on my own, Billy no mates, and, and watch. Um, but there wasn't the away following. There were some very loyal people, including the regiment, but there wasn't the away following we've got now. Um, so, and and never for one minute did I think I would you know be involved as I have been. I met Ian. Ian Bateman in the street one day in May 97 and he said are we coming to the meeting tonight and I said what's that Ian well uh, the previous chairman's moving away from the club and the club could go out of business and I just said to my wife oh I think I'll pop down yeah Um, I was nosy really as much as anything else I'd seen the club go out of business a couple of times previous to that Uh, yeah and I felt something about that so I went along there was a, a really chaotic I thought chaotic meeting uh, at the hq sports bar but some very well-meaning people there there was a i think andrew's already already explained to you uh, There was a bunch of guys who uh, would put together a sort of a bid to run the club and i put my hand up in a really weak moment it's not really my style you might be surprised by that and said can i talk to you about your plan because you know actually it it had lots of holes in and yeah we through it And about five minutes later i'd stopped speaking and people were looking at me in a very strange way and i thought to myself what the heck have I done? Mm. And and one or two people just turned around and said, Neil, you've just said exactly what we think. Yeah, Um, You know, so no design at all to go there. And within about five minutes, we were, you know, we rejected that proposal and said, look, are we going to run the club as supporters? And I thought to myself, I've got myself in a hole here, haven't I? Um, What what about a chairman? Well, Alex, Alexander, good old Alex put his hand up. And Alex had been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to, you know, to, to get, make the club more community-focused. Uh, and then a guy called Dudley Peacham put his hands up, um, uh, as, and he's an ex-bank manager, and he said he would do Treasurer, and then there was uh, Paul Harris, who was as he was known uh, as secretary. I thought, well, I've dodged a bullet. But I did say at the end of the meeting, that if there's anything I can do to help, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> well, that was a silly thing to do. Yeah. And um, from there, I... Um, basically i was sort of without portfolio you know what i mean well, yeah what can you do well the simple fact of the matter was we didn't have any money no we didn't it's not that we didn't have any money we had less than no money we had debts as well um and it was really a case of saying well, what can we do i mean on that night that, that the supporters took over you know we took a collection uh and raised a lot of money i think ian organized that in and scotty um we needed to pay the affiliation fee uh, you know, to the, to the Football Association, Beds FA. So a couple of people put some loans in, uh, which were never repaid, and they were happy to do that. Um, the, my first real job, however, was, well, how do we get funds? How do we get sponsors? And, and where do you start? Well, I got hold of a programme, last season's programme, and I looked in and saw all the adverts and the people who were advertising in the programme, and I rang them all up.
1: <laughs> Good thinking.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? um some very interesting discussions some people certainly did not want to talk to me um, <laughs> some people asked who the heck was Dunstable town so i don't know how they got advertising in the program yeah but, but one or two said yeah okay uh one guy particularly uh, i'll shout out his name pete armitage luton town fan well so we started talking we found out we've got something in common he said come and see me neil uh, his company then said they'd renew the sponsorship for the next season so they had already got boards around the ground And he said, I'll tell you what, why don't you come along to this businessman's breakfast club Um, and I'll introduce you to a few people. He didn't need to do that. I went along, made a three minute presentation on the club, walked out of that meeting with three new sponsorships. Wow, Um, tremendous. Yeah, you know, and really um, no more clever than that, really ringing people, talking to people. Alex and I went and made a presentation to the council who were worried we we're going to go out of business and we told them what what we were seeking to do you know a sustainable community football club was what we were sort of batting ourselves and from there um carried on doing us doing that and doing okay you know in terms of getting sponsorship in you, you know the first season we didn't pay any money to the players and uh, i was asked by alex if i would become uh vice chairman which i agreed to do um and really, that's how I got involved. The rest is history. And you know what? It's uh, one of the best decisions I ever made. But also, you know, there's been some really good times and been some tough times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as chairman and vice chairman, I you, you know, I know how Andrew feels. Sometimes you lose sleep. And yeah. I don't sleep a lot. Um, but it's all consuming. Um, I wouldn't change it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I've had some fantastic experiences, you know. You know, yeah. the first season, I know I'm going on, Andy, but the first season went up to, drove the minibus with Tony McCall, our first manager, you know, shout out to Tony. Um, we had two minibuses from Weatherfield School because we built a link. Alex had built a link with them. Took the minibuses up on a Tuesday night to Hereford. Wow. And played in front of 1,800 people. You know, you, you drive your minibus up front uh, outside of Edgar Street and it's a proper football stadium. You know, they've got an entrance. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, how the heck happened to me? Mm. you know how the heck this happened to me and we you know we came away with the two nil loss we didn't have any centre backs that that day I think Triffy Dan Triff played centre back and Ben Collins and the guys guys put in an absolutely incredible shift so you know some great memories in a season where we only got 17 points you know yeah. but you know Tony had pulled together some some good lads some of them now playing professional football and uh, you, you know really we had a ball um, you know we'd I don't like losing, but we were looking at a bigger picture, Andy. Yeah. You know, keep the, cu- uh, keep the club going. Um, you know, step three was merciless, absolutely merciless. You know, we're lads, some lads really are just out of academies or young lads or, you know, and they equipped, uh, you know, we went to the last game of the season. Um, there's loads of stories I can tell about that. That's for another time. But, you know, it was keeping the club um, afloat. A um, couple of times over that season, the next season when I became chairman, you know, we didn't know when the next penny was going to come. You know, our cash flow was was very ill. Um, but, you know, Dudley did a, you know absolutely cracking job, you know. So people like Matt, who's now the you know, the treasurer, I'll take my hat off to them, just keeping us on the straight and narrow. So yeah. it, it's been a bit of a journey, mm-hmm. um, if that's of interest to people. But, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm involved. I uh, took a little breakout, different reasons for that. But, you know, I'm back now and, I'm, you know, it's in my heart, really. Yeah. I'm a Luton Town fan, but what Dunstable Town has done to me, I I can't tell you. And, and uh, you know, and that I've missed, you know, Luton going from the second division to the first division to the championship. My son and daughter turn around and say, well, Dad, that was a great move. You haven't seen any of Luton doing well. You're mm. involved with Dunstable, But I wouldn't have changed, changed it for anything, really.
1: Yeah, no, Neil, no, honestly, it's just tremendous to... Sit here and listen to, listen to you speak, my man. You can tell like the passion that you've got for the club, and I've said this many times. Non-league football, football always needs people, but non-league football really, really does need the likes of yourself and all the the great volunteers that we've got at Dunstable Town, my man. I, you know, I I could generally listen to you speak for hours, and I, I'm I'm generally interested to hear like the stories of how people got involved in the club and what they do now and where the club's been. You know, I've been on the sponsored walks with Scotty. I spoke to you after game games and you know it, it's truly truly it's the heartbeat of a football club other people like yourself Neil so uh, I honestly mean this mate the 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 club and non-league clubs would be lost with people like you my man well
0: yeah and there's lots of names I mean there's you know I do want to shout out a couple of people because they Go haven't mentioned really you know real great supporters I mean D- Dudley Peacham and his wife you know just what a great couple you know uh, Katrina on the gate for for two or three years um and Dudley doing, you know, finances. Um, a, a guy called Andrew Amu, who was uh, my vice chairman. You know, when that man got up and spoke, you listened. You know, really mm-hmm. wise man. Uh, there's a whole bunch of guys um, who, who who really stepped up. You know, Nikki and Colin Lauder are another AFC now, but you know, put a load of work in. Um, Simon Riley, who was AFC's uh, not AFC, um, our development team manager. Uh, right at the beginning was really supportive to me you know your, your dad to be honest with you, we did a lot of stuff together I mean you, you and my dad are very different mm-hmm. and, uh, but we did some stuff together in the quarter and you know put a heck of a lot of stuff a uh, lot of work in you know these these people and then you've got great people like Andrew you know don't need to say any more and, and some uh, you know people on the committee are just uh, fantastic and talented mm-hmm. you know really talented I mean you know we've got a podcast. <laughs> the- yeah don't, don't worry
1: about him he's an idiot the guy that does well program.
0: he is he isn't and he knows what he's doing you know we've got some great social media you know we've got the, the photographers that you know you know chris and limb are just absolutely fantastic you know i could go through and you know steve and christie just give everything for the there's so many people mm-hmm. who um you're right and, and and when you go around to different clubs andy you realize how fortunate we are yeah because some of them are really struggling with three or four people doing Doing the work, yep. they can't do half the stuff we're doing. We are so fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, someone's captured something. We've, we've managed to capture something in their hearts, and they're uh, uh, and they give it. You know, you've got Dan on his merchandising. You know, have you seen a better merchandising store at this level, or even level above? No.
1: No, he can, he could do it getting some mediums in, but that's about it. But no, yeah, yeah, he t- struggles you know, with mediums,
0: and he yeah. struggles with woolly hats at the moment. But yeah, Dan's doing a tremendous job. He gets you know, you know, he gets some great deals, and he sells at decent prices. Of
1: course. Brilliant. Of course. Anyway, we could go
0: on. No, no, You, no, not a, yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> we will definitely ca- we will definitely carry this on over a uh, over a drink in the bar after a game. But Neil, it's been great having you on the, on the podcast, my man. You are one of the people that I enjoy talking football with before games, after games, during games, my man. Yeah, you know, you are the kind of person that I will spend time with and just enjoy chatting football and life, my man. So, uh, yeah. for me to you, my friend, just keep doing what you're doing at the club, and it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you over these last few years, mate.
0: Feelings mutual, Andy. Thanks, mate, and I really appreciate the time to to uh, let off steam.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it has been a right. little bit. You know, we uh, we will uh, we will turn this round, uh, ladies and gentlemen. we start uh, this Tuesday, we are at home to Arsley Town with a seven forty five kickoff. I believe them. We are at, again at home on uh, Saturday. You can find all the podcasts, all everything's in our link tree uh, on our social media at dtfc pod come and find us there like subscribe we will be back on wednesday with yet again another club legend legend mr steve lewington is coming on on wednesday where we are going to break down the arsley game and talk about steve and his history with the club we're going to keep uh, uh bringing to you these podcasts and we've got uh, we've got hopefully touchwood all being well we've got a very very famous former manager coming on very soon but anil from me to you my man thanks so much for jumping on the podcast and i will definitely catch you on tuesday
0: Bless
1: you, mate. Cheers. No no worries. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very croaky Talk of the Town podcast. I've been your host, Andy Burrows, with the amazing Neil Barker. Till next time, everybody, up the blues.